I want to share with you this morning a little bit uh, from Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bible this morning, turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verses of Scripture that many of you may be very familiar with, passages of Scripture. But I want to talk a little bit this morning about us going forward as a church. Amen. I know it's a new year, 2014, and I really believe that God has blessed us uh, in 2013. There may be some things in 2013 that didn't go the way you wanted them to go. Our sister shared this morning that this year maybe not it started off the way that she thought it would or that she wanted it to. And uh, just to be real honest with you, some of us have, have had a real hard 2013. Come on. Uh, there have been some good things that have happened in 2013. But here's what I believe the Lord is saying this morning. Forget about it. To our Italian friends out there, forget about it. The good and the bad. All right, put it behind you. In other words, learn from those things that God would have us learn from. Be triumphant in those victories that he had us uh, accomplish. But don't stand there on the laurels. Amen. And don't wallow in the misery. Come on, there's some things that all of us wanted to accomplish that we didn't quite accomplish or that we didn't do, that we fell short of. All right, guess what? It's called life. It's all right. God is still with you and God is still on your side. If you'll grab hold to the reins, if you'll look and see where God is going and stick with him, if you'll say, look, I'm all in, Lord, he'll take us over the hump. And, and guess what? We have a new opportunity, new chance. You know, really, we have that every day. You ever had a bad day? Maybe a bad day at work, bad day at school, or just a bad day, period. You got phone calls, and you got into an argument with someone, and things just didn't go well that day, and a bill collector called, and you had a bill that you didn't know you had, and your car conked out, and these type of things happen. You just had a bad day. But guess what? Go to bed at night, you wake up, it's a new day, new opportunities. You wake up on the right side of the bed today, and you have a new attitude about the day. Even though those things are still true and some of those things still happen. But guess what? A new day is dawning. I have a new attitude. I can overcome this thing. I have a different perspective because I'm not going to wallow in those things that happened. Well, guess what? It's a new year. New year with new opportunities for us. We can put those things behind us. Now, some of it takes time. Some of us, you just can't turn a switch and say, oh, I can just forget about what happened, that thing that happened. No, we cannot do that. But with the help of the Lord, guess what? Jesus said, I'm going to the Father and I will send you the Comforter. And he has sent the Comforter to us. And he will comfort us day by day, moment by moment. We sang a song this morning, I need you, Lord, right now. Not another minute of another day. Not another day of another week, not another week of another month, so on and so on, can go by. I need you, Lord, now, today. I need you today. I believe that this year is going to be a great year for us. We're going to do greater things. Come on, in the Lord, he's going to show, he's going to reveal some things to you that you've been longing to know. Come on, you've been wondering about some things, and God is going to begin to reveal those things to you this year. This is a great year. Come on, you and I as a church and our families and as individuals, we are going to go forward in God. Come on. He's going to reveal some things to us. 
But now in order for us to grab hold of those things, it takes something from us. And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit this morning. A subject that is not new to you. You've uh, heard about it. It's been preached to you and you have preached about it. Whether it's been on Facebook, email, or to your friends, you've preached about it before. And it's been preached to you. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about faith and us going forward. And let me give you a few scriptures as to why we're going to talk about this before we get into this. Let me give you a few scriptures because faith has to be the main ingredient for us. It has to be. There can be, if you don't have that, there's nothing, there's no sense in talking about anything else. No sense in talking about healing or deliverance or overcoming unless faith is central to who you are. First of all, Romans 1.17 says this, the just shall live, walk, move, breathe by what? Faith. Romans 3.28 says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. That means no matter what you do, apart from all the good things that you do, give people money, give someone a ride. Whatever it is that you do, apart from all that, you are not justified but by, come on. Romans 12, 3 says, but think soberly according as God has dealt to everyone the measure of faith. You have it. You might need to build it. Just because your arm looks like this doesn't mean you don't have a muscle. I mean, it might look like I don't have a muscle there, but there is a muscle. I just need to build it. Come on, if I want to look like the rock. Might not happen, but I know it's who my wife likes, so the rock, you know. <laughs> you ever seen that picture? There's a picture that's, that, that's been going around in email some years ago that where this little cat, it's like a little pussy cat, uh, comes up to a mirror and he looks in the mirror and on the other, in the mirror, it's a big lion, you know, king of the jungle. So that's how he sees himself. That's how we have to see ourselves, Right? Come on, see ourselves how God sees us. Come on. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by... Galatians 2, 16 says this, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even as we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law... No flesh shall be justified. At the end of Paul's life, he wrote a letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, and he told him this, fight the good fight of faith. Come on. Hebrews 4.2, for indeed the gospel was preached to us all as well to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. You can hear all kind of sermons, listen and read your Bible. Why will it not profit you? Because it's not mixed with faith to those who heard it. Not just about hearing the word. It's got to be mixed with faith. Hebrews 11, faith says, but without, 11.6 says, but without faith it is what? possible to please him come on you had enough a couple more second corinthians 13 5 listen to this one listen to this now examine yourselves as to whether you are in the what come on now look at yourself are you in the are you a cat that sees a lion in the mirror come on or do you see a mouse when you look in the mirror examine yourself god said 
Examine yourself. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. That's the amplifier to that. See if you, how do you know if you are in faith? It says it right there. Are you showing the proper fruits of faith? And if you're not, God is not here to condemn you. I certainly am not here to condemn you this morning, but to encourage you that you have it. Remember Romans 12. He has dealt everyone the measure of faith. We all have that same measure. And the YMCA is available to all of us. Come on. It's, it's, inv- it's available to all of us. Reading, prayer, fasting is available to all of us. Come on, all of us can build that muscle of faith. Now listen, we are right in the middle of, of, our, of our fast, our 21-day fast. Now, I know we didn't have service last week because of the weather. And so if you hadn't had an opportunity to start the fast or if you forgot about it, guess what? Today is your day. Get on board. Don't, don't listen. Don't say, well, I just forgot about it, so I guess I won't do it. Uh, you're not off the hook. No, 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 no. Start today. Start today and go till the 26th. It's not about the days that... It's not about all those things. It's about your commitment and your heart that she shared this morning. Come on, start today. You can. It's a new day. You can start today and say, Lord, I commit myself to you. He knows you weren't going to do it. He knows you would forget about it. Come on. He already knew those things. Nothing new to him. Start today. And so we must have faith. Now, I want to share with you a little bit on faith this morning from Hebrews chapter 11. And I call this a glimpse of the future. A glimpse of the future for us as a church. Oh, I, God has some, some great things for us. I mean, some of you might look around and say, well, you know, he keeps saying these things. But I, I see that only half the chairs are filled and, you know, this type of thing. Guess what? I see a lion when I look in the mirror. I see all the chairs filled. I don't know what you guys see, but I see them filled. Come on. I see us walking in a kingdom way. I see us walking in divine health in this church. Come on, we've been hit. We had a hard 2013. But listen, I see us walking in divine health. I see some people being delivered of some things. I see some marriages coming back together and being closer than they've ever been before. I see some fathers and mothers and children coming back together. Come on now. I see it this year. I see it. I don't know what you guys see, but that's what I see. We're talking this morning about a glimpse of the future. And I say a glimpse of the future because to me, that would be a definition of faith. In other words, what faith is not blind. See, we don't, we, we don't walk by blind. We, don't, we never take a blind leap of faith. That's a term the world came up with, a blind leap of faith. God never asks you to take a blind leap of faith. God asks you to hear what he's saying and to step out on his word. What he said, you see, when Jesus walked on water, when Peter walked on water, he wasn't taking a blind leap of faith. Jesus said, come. He had the word of God there and he walked on the word of God. So don't think that you're taking a blind leap of faith. That's a worldly term. We never take that. God is asking us this morning as a church, life church, to step out on his word, to believe in the, to hear the vision, to believe in the vision, to take hold of the vision, to be part of the vision, and to help make it happen. 
step out on faith. That's what he's asking us. He's asking us to step out. That's what faith is. In other words, God draws back the curtains of eternity and gives us a glimpse of the future. And then we begin walking toward that future that God has shown us. Come on. That's what we're beginning to do as a church starting now. God is drawing back the curtains of eternity and he's showing us what is to come. I see a church this morning, not only with every chair filled, but, and not just to have every chair filled just to say we have a lot of people at our church, but there's reasons why God has us doing that. I see a church that has a, a thing where uh, once, uh, once a month on Saturdays, we have young people come in and we teach them how to balance checkbooks. We teach them how to do interviews. We teach them things that they need. We teach them social skills. We help our community. We're going to be an impact in the community. We're going to be a church that if we weren't here, people would say, what happened to Life Church? They were such a help in our community. I see these things. We're going to do more than just come on Sunday morning and have a service. Come on. Sing a few songs, hear somebody yell and scream and wave his hands, and then go out to eat and watch the game. Come on. Now, by the way, I know we need to leave some things behind. You know, it could be anything. Could be, you know, some, some rough patches we had. Maybe we had some arguments with some people. Maybe there are some teams that lost that you, you know, that hurt you or something. Leave all that behind. It's a new day. It's a new day. Let's go forward. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. God, God is just, I, I just can't get out. God is just showing me. He's showing me a many membered church with resources to do the things that he has called us to do, saints. He has called us to do these things. Come on now. We need to teach young people. We need to teach this young generation. Uh, I mean, I know they're in the midst of, uh, of all the technology and all these things. I mean, and it's great. Listen, I'm a technology person. As you know, Pastor Phil was, you well know. And, you know, a lot of you are technology people. And that's great. But there's some things that just cannot be lost. I mean, a lot, there's a lot of young people today that don't know how to balance a checkbook. Because they can just do it online. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a point where you're going to have to know how much money you have in the bank and how much you have outstanding. You're going to need to know how to balance your checkbook. Young people don't know how, need, know how to do that. I mean, it's not the bank's responsibility because if something goes wrong, guess what? It comes back to you. And I just think some people are not talking about badly about young people or this generation. I'm just saying that we cannot lose some of these things. And it starts with the church. It's with us. We can't leave it up to some program. We've seen how the government does it. They don't know how to do it. God knows how to do it. God knows how to do it. Come on. We need to have some beneficial marriage classes that go to the root of the matter. Not just to say, oh, a man needs to love a woman and a woman needs to love a man. No, duh. We know that. Come on now. But we need to get to the root of some things. And that's what we're going to do as a church. We're going to be an impactful church this year. Come on. Hebrews 11, beginning at verse 8, says this, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and with Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise. 
For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is what a lot of people call the hall of faith, right? It's where we, we have examples of men and, and women of faith who heard a word from the Lord, who heard the Lord tell them something, and then they stepped out on that thing. God spoke to these men and women, and he gave them a glimpse of the future. And then they said, all right, I'm going to walk toward that future that you have showed me. But what they did was they walked toward it. You must understand that faith is active. Faith is not sitting on the couch waiting for it to happen, saying, I believe. Come on. Faith is not saying, I believe. Faith is believing, saying you believe, and then taking action toward that thing. It's active. You cannot sit still, saints, and say you're walking in faith. You cannot do nothing and say you're walking in faith. Come on. Now, in this passage of Scripture, Abraham did three things. There's three active verbs in this passage of Scripture that I want to give you. Abraham did. Abraham and Sarah. First thing is, he obeyed. Come on, that word, obey. I remember... uh, Listening to Bill Cosby one time talking about marriage vows and how obey was in marriage vows. And he got to talking about how funny that word is. And it even sounds obey, okay, obey. You know, it, it just sounds like a word, obey, oh my gosh. But listen, it is a very kind word. Because it takes the onus off of you to know everything. And in case you didn't know it, you don't know everything. Just wanted to tell you this morning, in case you didn't know that, nor do I. But there is someone who does. The Almighty God knows everything that everyone ever knew and more. Come on. And so when we say obey, it's on him to know all of that. Now, Lord, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Recently, we had, you may not have known, might not have involved you, but we had a little weather situation. Had a little storm here in, in central Indiana. Now, in the, where, I, where we were, are, it was, we had about 12 inches of snow, I think, by the time it was all said and done. But my driveway, at the end of my driveway, was about, what, three feet of snow. Because what happened was the county came through and they plowed our driveway. Great, I'm so thankful. Thank you for plowing our driveway. Our street. No, they didn't plow our driveway. They plowed our street. Yeah, I'm thinking about the driveway. I looked at the driveway, and at the end, I said, man, from, from my second floor window, I said, wow, the street looks great. I don't know who can get to the street. I can't get to the street. There's three feet of snow at the end of my driveway. There was a young man. In fact, you know, we... Of course, you know, we have a shovel, and I, I'm out shoveling, my son's shoveling, and my wife shoveled, you know. But... On that Sunday, when all the snow was coming down, there was a young man going through the neighborhood who wanted to make some money. So I said, sure, you, could, you, you, know, you can shovel. And I tell you, that boy was out there for about four hours. Finally, my wife went out there and said, listen, son, just go home. Just go home to your parents. It ain't going to work. It's still snowing. You're about to die. Here's $25. You know, just go on home. I mean, it was just terrible. And the next day, it was minus 13. I wasn't going out there at minus 13. It wasn't going to happen. You know, and so we were cooped up in the house. But here's the thing, when, you first, when we first heard about that, 
You heard, oh my goodness, this, this storm is coming and uh, could dump 8 to 10 inches of snow, 8 to 12 inches of snow. And then the temperature is going to get down to uh, negative uh, you know, 10 or negative 13. When you hear that, first of all, I have an image in my mind when I hear that. I have images that I don't like to see. The first one is of me shoveling. You know, I don't, that's an image I don't, I don't like to see, but, you know, it's necessary. And, uh, but I, I have an image of all these things, the snow and all this stuff. And so what do you do when you hear that? You, you begin to prepare for that. You think about, am I going to be able to go to work? Are, are the kids going to be home from school? What's in the refrigerator? I wonder why people always go and get milk and eggs, like they we're going to make omelets, you know, I don't know, that's all, milk and eggs, but it's just what people do, Kim, I don't know what it is, you know, it's, got to get milk and eggs, got to have some milk and eggs and bread, you know, and bread, so we're fasting bread, so we can't have bread, but, you know, so you go, but you prepare for it, because why, the weatherman, though he or she has been wrong several times, has given you a glimpse of the future. And you begin to prepare. You take action. And that's what God is asking us to do. I'm giving you a glimpse of the future. I'm showing you a many-membered church with many things to do. There's many outreach things that we need to do. I'm serious about these classes that we're going to have. I mean, really, I, I mean, I, God has shown me some things. I mean, we're going to get bankers in here, people who, uh, uh, you know, Workforce One and all that. Um, I mean, I have not talked to the elders about this. This is just in my mind. But uh, and I know I know that, so I apologize, uh, elders. But um, this is this, we need to do this and teach these uh, the young people how to do these things. Come on, we need to build a. Listen, if we're going to build a strong church, this is where it has to be. Some of us we're not going to be around forever. We need to think about the next generation. Now that doesn't leave us out. It gives us a very important job to do because it builds us up as we build the next generation up. Come on, it strengthens us. Puts our marriages together, right? Come on, it causes us to overcome. Causes us to overcome financially and in relationships as we teach others. You don't have to know everything to teach somebody something. You don't have to know everything. You know, my wife and I talked about this before. You know, we first got married, we would have people over, uh, you know, to the house and, and talk about marriage and those type of things. And, you know, we'd sometimes look at each other and go... I don't know how we're telling other people about marriage. We, you know, we really need to go over to the Elder Carter's house and talk about it, you know, and, and uh, see Pastor Sister Mary or Jody or something, you know. But listen, God put something on your heart. You don't have to know everything, right? You just have to follow what God tells you to do. Obey, obey. That's all you have to do. When he's speaking to you, obey. Abraham could have given every excuse not to move on when God told him to, but he didn't. He obeyed. He could have said, well, you know, Lord, the financial market right now, I mean, houses, and I mean, I'm comfortable here, and all of those things. I, I just don't know about moving on, Lord. I remember, I remember also when we uh, were first married, and, uh, you know, my, my wife talked to me about, you know, sowing seed and giving, and, and we talked about giving into a particular ministry here in town. It wasn't Life Church, above and beyond our tithe. We were going to give and sow into another ministry that was here in town. And, uh, you know, the Lord spoke a figure, you know, to my wife, $2,000. And to some, that doesn't seem like it's that much money, especially if you give it over time. But to us at the time, that was a lot of money. You know, it was $2,000. And we're going to sow this $2,000 over a year's time into this other ministry. And uh, so one morning, I never even told my wife this. 
But one morning, I was in my, I was in some quiet time with the Lord and praying. And I just heard the Lord speak to me. He said, you know, your wife asked you to pray about giving $2,000, uh, you know, to another ministry. I said, uh-huh. He said, well, are you going to pray about it? I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, why not? <laughs> I said, well, Lord, you know how women are. You know, she has all this faith. And Lord's just going to take care of us and all these things. And, you know, God's just going to take care of us. And I just don't know about that. And he said, well, I think you ought to pray about it. So I said, Lord, do you want us to give uh, this, this money? And he said, yes, and showed us the ministry. And we gave that money to the ministry. And I'll tell you, all during that time, we were so taken care of. We had above and beyond everything we ever needed. Same salary. I'm, I'm talking about no, there was no miracle where someone came and gave us money, and no, which God does. You know he does that. But this time he did the same. It was like, it was almost like, uh, it, this was truly a miracle. It was like we had the same thing. It was like when Jesus gave out the, to the 5,000. You know, you, you, just, you have the same thing there. How is it multiplying? I didn't understand it. To this day, I don't know. To this day, I could go back and look at our finances from that year and it will not add up. I'm telling you. But that's the way God does because you obey. Obey what he's telling you to do. Second action verb is this. Dwelling. Dwelling. Verse 9 says that Abraham and Sarah dwelt in the land. This is what this says to me. It means that they actually moved to that place immediately. <clears throat> in other words, they didn't go check it out just to see if it might be something that they want to do. But because God said it, they up and moved to that place. They didn't go there just for a few months. They sold what they had and they moved and there was a dwelling. There was a commitment. In other words, when God tells you something, you need to put both feet in it and say, I am here because God spoke it to me. If I'm offended by somebody, that's okay. They're not going to move me off the block. Come on now. If I see something someone else has done, I'm not going to move. This is where God told me to be. Because otherwise, you'll just go from church to church to church looking for something that God had for you right here where he told you to be. You need to dwell in that place where God has told you to be. Move to it and dwell there. It's making a commitment. We'll tell you something that's wrong with our marriages. I am no marriage expert by any means or any stretch of the imagination, Jody. But I'm going to tell you what I see that I think is wrong with our, our, our marriages today people getting married, is that what they want to do is try it out. And I've heard it so often. And I know it may not be politically correct for me to say, but you cannot try out marriage. You're either going to do it or you're not. Do it or don't, okay? Young people, do it or don't. Don't try it out. You try out a new kind of fish, see if you like it, okay? Or some hot sauce, that's what you try out. Marriage, you don't try out. You got to make a commitment. And that's why here, when we, whoever it is that whatever we end up doing with marriage counseling, when we do marriage counseling, one of the things that I am committed to do is to make sure that those folks who are newlyweds, or not newlyweds, but those who are engaged or want to get engaged are committed. Are you committed to the Lord and are you committed to each other? Because if you are not, there's no sense in talking about it. You're not going to try it out. You're going to do it or not do it, okay? That's the way it is. Listen, this is what God is telling us this morning. Be all in. Let's do it or not do it. 
Listen, I, I don't know about you. I, I know you might say, well, you know, you're a pastor and so you have to, you know, you love church and you're, you know, you have a different, you're made from a different cloth and all that. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm the same flesh that you are. There's some days when church is not all that to me. <laughs> and my wife will be happy to tell you that. Seriously. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just not all that glorious, <laughs> you know. And I tell you what, I don't want to come to a church that's just all we do is come. I've done it all my life. And some of you have too. I'm not, I'm just one of you, you know, who's probably could testify this. But all my life, I've been in church. I don't want to just come to church, sing a few songs, hear something and go home. Why? I'm tired of that. I could be doing something else with my time. I could do something. I know God says, do not forsake the assembly. And there were some times in my life that I only came to church because of that scripture. Because God said, do not forsake assembling together in Hebrews. Come on. Now, I hope that's not you today, but if it is, we need to change it. We need to change the culture. This needs to be something that we're excited about because it's something that God has for us to do, to come together and to fellowship and not just do church, but be church. We need to make a commitment to it. But here's what it is. It's not just on the church to make you happy. It's on you too to worship. It's on you too to come and worship and be part of it, to volunteer for some things, come on, to be connected. It's on you as well to do that. I don't want, why do you come? I don't, I don't want to drive anybody away. So, you know, throw something at me, Brother Scott. From, I don't want to drive anybody away. But why do you come to church if you don't really like worship if, and you're not going to be involved in it? And you don't like the preacher and you don't like, the, and you complain about everything that's here. Why come, Why do you come? Why? Be involved. You might not like every song that the worship team sings, but are you going to let that stop you from worshiping? You're going to go to another church because you're not going to like every song they sing either. If you don't like that, what are you going to do? Go to another church? You're not going to like every song they sing either. I think the problem is not the songs. Come on. Come on. You're not going to like everyone they do. Do you think when Abraham took his son Isaac to that mountain when God said, go and I want you to kill your son and sacrifice him to me. Do you? Th- and he said, my son and I are going up to worship. Do you think he liked that song? That's a song I don't like. I'd just rather not sing that song. I don't want to sing it. I'd rather sit this one out. But he didn't. He sang the song. You want to know why? Because he was obeying and he was dwelling. He had a commitment. He said, God, you told me to do this. I don't understand everything. I don't understand all the whys, but I'm going to do it simply because you said it. Simply because you said it. Come on. To do the things that God wants this church to do, and it will bless your family. It will bless you as an individual. We have to be all in. Come on. There's, there's two commitments. I'm just going to, I just, I'm just going to be transparent this morning. There's a couple of commitments that I, as a, as a, as the pastor of this church, have a burden for this year. Two commitments. One is children's church. Has to, it has to get better. Kevin and Stephanie are doing a great job. I know I'm just being transparent this morning. I apologize. They are doing a great job down there, but they need some help. This church is not going to grow. If we don't put some time and effort into these children, we'll all grow old and die and the church will go away. The next generation has to be there. Come on now. They need some help. And number two, I know everybody's not going to like this, but number two is our van ministry. 
We live in a town that there is a, one of the greatest universities on the face of this earth. But a lot of those kids would like to come to church and they don't have a ride. There's a lot of people in this town. Elderly people, older people, maybe people that just don't have cars that want to come to church. And they would if they could get a ride. Now, my thing is to empower people. We're not going to give handouts to people. We're going to empower people, right, to, 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 to stand on their own two feet. Now, Keith and I have talked about this a lot. But it starts with us helping them. And it takes a commitment from each of us. We have to do it. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to put more in. We cannot have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work, especially with the, with the membership that we have now. Now, we're going to grow. There's no doubt about it. We are going to grow. That's not me saying that. That's just God speaking it. I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm being transparent with you this morning. And it's not just me preaching at you. And I know you probably stepped on some toes and, you know, but listen, you just got to crinkle your toes out and keep on going. That's all right. You know, God steps on toes. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be real transparent with you this morning. We had a connect class uh, some time ago last year. I can't remember if it was in October. But we had a connect class. And what the connect class is, what we're going to do with the connect class is for people who are either new to the church or new believers. Either way, you, if, if you're a new believer or if you're already a Christian, but maybe you're new to this church, you, you'll be uh, asked to go to the connect class or do it online with the right now media and answer some questions. What the connect class does is two things. One is it shows you what we believe, just some basic theological tenets. Now, it doesn't go through the whole Bible and the theology of, ev- the- theology of everything that has ever been, okay? But there's just a few things that we believe that you will understand what we believe and why we believe them. That's what the Connect class does. The second thing it does is it helps you to connect to the church. It takes some information from you to say, hey, what are you interested in? What are your gifts? You know, what, what, how can you uh, get connected and be involved in the church? I have some forms that people filled out from our Connect class. They are at home on my desk in my office. Those forms are doing no good at home on my desk in my office, and we're still coming to church every Sunday, and those people are not connected. That is my fault. When I look in the mirror, I say, that is ridiculous. Shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. We have to move forward. I was telling my wife this morning, we got to move forward. She said, yes, we do. Yes, you do. Get it together. I said, all right, I'll get it together. (laughs) But all of us do. Listen, I'm I'm preaching at myself. We just have to get better. And listen, here's the thing about it. If we all do it as a concerted effort, it really won't be that much work. Come on. If you have 10 things to do and only two people, it's a lot of work. If you have 10 things to do and 10 people, it's really not that much work. If you have 10 things to do and 20 people, now you're talking. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. This is where we're going to be this year. Faith is not, God, you spoke that, and I want to see if you're true, and then I'll do it. Faith is, God, you spoke it, I'm moving regardless, no matter what the outcome is. has nothing to do with results or outcome. It's speaking, me doing. That's faith. That's what we have to do. Number three is judging. Judging. We, We make judgments every day. Not against people necessarily, but we have to make decisions based on what God is saying every day. Do you realize you make decisions about your, you make judgments about your marriage every day? 
And some of those judgments are not based on the word of God. Some of those judgments are based on what the world is saying. And what you, you've, you've made judgments. That, we make judgments about ourselves, about our health. Some of us have judged that we're not going to live that long simply because our grandfather and our father didn't live that long. And that, or we're going to be alcoholics or my son's going to be an alcoholic. We make these judgments based on worldly things. And God is telling us, make judgments based on my word. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 in Hebrews 11 says this. says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. Because, why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Verse 11 says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Verse 11. Now, it doesn't say that she conceived when she judged him. It says she received the strength when she judged him. You are going to have to judge whether you want to live a kingdom life based on what God is saying, an abundant life filled with the promises of God, or whether you want to live your life your way and just take chances. You just want to take your chances. You're going to have to judge that. You have to judge whether you want to be connected. I'm not talking about attending a local church. You're going to have to judge and make a judgment whether you want to be connected to a local church. You're going to have to make that judgment. You're going to have to make up your mind what kind of life you want to live. I believe God is calling our church to a kingdom lifestyle, which is a life of faith. I believe that God is going to grow this church, but with those people who are all in. That's the word. Am I, are you all in? An, an all in church is what God. And there's another one. Turn down to verse 17. I don't even have this one up there, but there's, a, there's another one. That, uh, another action verb that I believe, and that is concluding. We make conclusions every day, too. We make conclusions based on uh, our environment. Look at verse 17. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Sounds like someone else there. Of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Verse 19 says, Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And so Abraham concluded some things based on God and his word. We need to make some conclusions based on God's word. And not our experiences and our environment. Make some conclusions based on his word, saints. Come on now. We need to obey. We need to dwell. We need to judge. And if you judge properly, you will conclude the proper things. Now, just briefly, I want to give you a glimpse of what's coming this year in terms of what God has laid on my heart to share with you this year. We have several sermon series, and I've been praying about this. And I believe that uh, God has spoken. I've mulled over it and I've changed and gone back and uh, recalculated and done this and done that. And I believe that uh, God has got uh, the train is leaving the station. God has got us going a certain way. And if we would get on board with where God is going and with this train, we'll get to the destination God has for us. That Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, you don't get there unless you get on board. We need to grab hands and go.
So here are some of the sermon series that are coming up this year. The first series that we're going to get into is called Strong. Come on, being strong. There are seasons of storms and high winds and floods in the natural. The same thing happens to us in the spiritual. It happens to us. We go up and we go down. But we are called to go deeper in God, to put our roots down deep. Come on. And grow strong in the midst of it all. He wants us to be strong in every area of our lives. Not just in one area. There may be some of you that are strong in finances. But maybe in, uh, you know, maybe there's a, something that so easily besets you that you're weak in. Or relationships you're not that good in. Or there may be some of you that uh, really, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're living a life where you've overcome those things that so easily beset you. But, you know, you got some financial issues. Or whatever it may be, God wants us to be strong in every area. Full fruit. He wants us to be fruitful, fruitful Christians. He wants us to be strong. The second one, I'm just going to go through these real quick. The second series that we're going to get into this year is called The Gospel. The gospel is a freely used word today, and because of that, there are some misconceptions. It sounds very simple. Yeah, the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I believe we're going to get into some things in this series, and God is going to show us some new things and some proper things about the gospel and that word, gospel, what he really means. So simple, yet so powerful. Series will take you back to the basics. Come on, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God. The third one we're going to get series we're going to get into this year is called Empowered to Grow. All of us are empowered to grow. Remember I said, and you shouldn't either. Remember I said, I don't want to come to a church that just is stagnant. Come on, neither should you, saints and folks. Neither should you. You shouldn't want to just come and we're just not doing anything. I'm not growing in my life. I'm not being fed the word of God. It's not helping me. My marriage is not getting stronger. I'm not learning how to uh, get out of debt Uh, You know, I'm not learning how to make my relationships better in my life. I'm not learning how to read my word with effectiveness and pray and fast and all of these things. Come on, we are empowered to grow. This series is going to launch from Ephesians chapter 4, talking about us growing in every area of our lives. Then the fourth one is going to be 1 John, and it's called Live Like Jesus. 1 John is going to show us how to live just like Jesus lived. I want to say, boy, I don't know. I, you know, I feel like Tom Cruise in that movie, uh, you know, A Few Good Men, where he's about to go after Jack Nicholson. You ever seen that movie? And then he was trying to decide, should he say that thing or not? And he looked back at his people, and they were like, don't say it. You know, and he was like, I'm going to go for it. That's kind of the way I feel this morning. I'm going to say this to you. Please, don't leave the church. Give it time to process in your mind, okay, just for a moment. When Jesus walked the earth, saints, he was both God in his blood, but he was also man in flesh. And because he wrapped himself in flesh, are you telling me not to go for it? Okay, I didn't know. I was looking at you. I didn't know if you was going, no, don't. When he walked the earth, he was not perfect. Now, don't, now look, now, come on. Don't throw anything. So I'm standing behind here. This is what I mean by that. I know you're looking like, what do you mean? Jesus was perfect. But in his flesh, his flesh was not perfect. Not when he walked the earth. His flesh, he had, listen, he had perfect blood. He had divine blood. But because of the fallen flesh that he had on, he was not perfect. 
Jesus was tempted in every point that we are tempted in. Jesus could have sinned easily. He could have had some affairs. He could have fornicated. He could have stolen. He was tempted. The Bible says it. To do those things. And don't tell me he didn't have an opportunity. Come on. Anytime you have some fame, no matter what you look like, come on now. We've seen that. I've seen it. You know, come on. You have opportunities for all those things. But that's why he is an example to us because he didn't walk the earth as a perfect man. Only perfect in that he didn't sin, but not perfect in that he didn't have the opportunity to sin. Come on. He walked the earth and we can be just like him. He walked the earth just like you and I now as a man filled with the spirit of God. And we can do everything that he did and more. Come on. Now you got to believe that this morning. I'm serious about that thing. Jesus says it in his word. You will do these things and greater things than these. Because I'm a man just like you are a man and a woman. That's how he walked the earth. Live like Jesus. We will come to know the heart of the Apostle John as he explains to us. He was a lover of Jesus, a man with deep emotion and a broad knowledge of Jesus and the church. Now, our fifth series this year is going to be Follower. Or what I like to call At Follower. If you do Twitter, many of you do not, including me, every once in a while. I really don't know what all that means, but I decided to put that on there, At Follower. Hashtag, thank you. There we go. See, I told you I didn't know what it was. Hashtag follower. There you go. I knew somebody did Twitter in here. Hashtag follower. Don't laugh, Michael. I know. I know. You, you was following me with the other. Okay. <laughs> what does Jesus mean when he says, follow me? A follower on Twitter is vastly different than, a, than the definition of a follower who follows Jesus. You follow Jesus, you can't just click follow and expect to become a fully devoted disciple instantaneously. Come on, a follower of Christ is a different kind of follower. Not a fan, but a devoted follower. And that's what we're going to talk about in this series. Hashtag follower. And then we're going to talk about engaging deep water. All right, now we're ready to engage some deep water. We talked about the gospel we talked about being empowered to grow. we talked about what it means to follow Jesus. we talked about what it means to live like Jesus as seen through the eyes of the Apostle John. Now we're going to talk about engaging deep water. Every believer is on a journey to becoming more like Jesus in every way possible. We have a deep spiritual hunger, saints, in us. It resides in us and it's calling out. The Bible says the deep calls out to deep. Come on, and we're going to engage deep water in every area of our lives. Next, we're going to talk about relationships. Relationships last a lifetime. I believe this is the very crux of our lives. You know, first you talk about we have to have faith and we have to walk by faith. But guess what? No man is an island. You've heard that before. And we have to have relationships, whether it's marriage, whether it's, uh, you know, father and daughter, mother and son, cousins, best friends, whatever it is, we have relationships and relationships last a lifetime. When it's all said and done, you will look at the value of life relationships that God has that God has put in your life. And then finally, our last series of the year will be a series called The Reality of Life. Remember the game of life? 
Although this isn't necessarily a game that we're playing, we're going to talk about the reality of life. As you travel the path of life, you form relationships, you build families, you do all sorts of things, you earn money, you develop careers and make many other decisions. This series is going to talk about the decisions you make and how they affect you going through life. You can't stay in one place, but you have to continue moving forward through life. And so we're going to talk about the reality of life. So I believe that God has some good things for us coming up this year. There will be some other sermons and maybe a guest speaker here or two uh, in there. Um, but th- that will be basically the sermon series and the, and the path that we follow for this year. I'm just trying to give us a glimpse of the future. Now listen, this is just what it is. It's a glimpse of the future. You know, God has not only the ability but the absolute right to change anything anytime he wants to. And in fact, to him, it really won't be a change. It was what he was going to do in the first place, right, Sister Jody? You know, it was what he was going to do in the first place. Maybe we just missed it, you know, or whatever it is. But this is basically what I've prayed about and where I believe God has taken us for this year. 